Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big house. place. That's on the town. That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, so it out. I'll see. You really should. Try not to fall in the same old trap I left without a map. The same old place I'm going to. Find smiling into that same old plan. We'll do what I can to make it a little different this time. The hell are you doing? I couldn't sleep. I'm checking the ropes. I was afraid end on Europe, and I'm cutting it out. Good weather, bad weather. Now or later, anytime is good for climbing. Alright, welcome to episode two of the Normal Cast. The Normal Cast. The Normal Cast. It's the it's the audio equivalent. <laughs> That's just not gonna work. Of three all caps stacked on top of one another. Mm, I don't know. All right, anyway, we are uh, in Studio B in Moab, Utah, the oasis outside of the home of my friend Lisa Hathaway, who's sitting here with me. Lisa? Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. It's pretty cold outside. It's still December. Yeah, it's still, it's pretty chilly out, but the sun's coming out. I think it's going to turn into a nice day. Yeah, so we got to get this done so we can go bouldering. Absolutely. Anyway, our topic for today is uh, we're going to talk about secret cliffs and the idea of trying to keep your cliff secret and um, sort of the ins and outs of that and whether or not we think that's a, a okay thing to do or why anyone would want to do that or if it's selfish or whatever. I started thinking about this because I was reading on Mountain Project in one of those lovely forums about a place down in Arizona called The Peaks. I don't know. It's some little dumpy crag that's down there, but some guy posted it up on Mountain Project, and then some one of the administrators who lives in northern Arizona took it down. And then the administrator actually, to his credit, didn't just take it down and, and leave it there, but he started a forum to kind of talk about it, whether people wanted to keep it secret or not, which is sort of strange because, of course, that forum got, I mean, it was like six or seven pages long with comments, which is, you know... That's not really secret anymore because all of a sudden everybody who peruses forums on Mountain Project probably saw this thing that was just getting hammered and had a look. And now they know about the peaks down in Arizona. So it sort of made it a moot point whether or not they posted it. But of course, like it went back and forth and people called each other names as usual. And uh, is that usual on Mountain Project? It's usual on the internet, don't you think? I don't know. You I, don't go on to forums. Do I don't. You? I don't do that. No, I thing on the internet. You don't do do Mountain Project. I don't do Mountain Project. I don't do. I guess I do forums. Some of them. Well, that's private good, forums. That's good because you're going to um, you're going to be sort of uh, the opposite of me, which will be a a, cl- a clear voice in the fray. Because <laughs> I definitely get into them and I definitely post on them and I definitely I've seen you draw some flack on them too. So. I've seen you attack your keyboard before, yeah. and that's how I know you're on Mountain Project. <laughs> <laughs> the, the noisy the noisy way I'm tapping. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this and it got me thinking about Secret Crags and I wanted to talk to you about it because you wrote an article addressing this in a way, kind of an artistic way, uh, a few years ago in in Climbing Magazine and also uh you've been intimately involved with one of the more I think famous attempts to keep something secret in recent times, which is Mill Creek here above Moab. I think that's so out of the bag, it's not even an issue uh, talking about it's it. It's not anymore. even an issue. Has it been an issue? 
I never knew it was an issue. Oh, you did too. I did? Yeah. Oh. Come on, you lived here. I did live here. Yeah. And I still do. So you don't think that there was a, a concerted attempt to, to keep it quiet about that whole thing up there? I think there might have been a concerted <laughs> effort to both expose it and keep it quiet at the same time. Did it create, yeah, I mean, did, did it create like factions where people were deliberately trying to get the word out then? You know, I think... I mean, we don't that, have to name names. No, there were. I think there was... People thought that there were these like factions and things, but not really. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there was a group of people that wanted to keep it under wraps for whatever reasons they have. And mm -hmm. yeah. So let's talk about that. What are the reasons people have for keeping a cliff quiet? I mean, at some deep psychological level, what are the reasons for keeping a cliff quiet? Because we all have them. As I wrote in my magnificent piece of literature titled Crag X. <laughs> yes. Which was actually what, about what? The horn? It was about Crag X. Which is the horn? It's just about Crag X. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> we all have them. Okay, so I, I interrupted you. What were you going to say about that? Well, that was kind of the point was, I think, as the then editor contributed, secret crags are like secret breaks in surfing. Everybody has them, and everyone wants to keep them under wraps, and you know, keep them to themselves for whatever reasons those are. Now, what those reasons are exactly, it's hard to say. I think, obviously, there's the whole notion of being able to pick all the plums. And But what I don't really understand is why, if you want to keep something secret, then taking photos or, you know, media exposure at any level is kind of inconsistent with that theory. Well, actually, it's interesting you should say that. Because I pulled this one post off of Mountain Project, and I'm, I'm not going to attribute it to anyone because the guy had an alias anyway. So his comment in the whole fray was that he said that once upon a time, Rifle, the T-Wall, Summersville Lake, Smith Rocks, all of them were secret crags too. And he used secret crags with quotes. Then someone discovered them. What happened next, you might be asking yourself in eager anticipation. Well, I'll tell you. A small core group of climbers, root developers, decided they knew one person outside the core group that was so special and so dear to them that they were worried to be brought into the fold. Then that climber had the same sentiment towards someone else. Next thing you know, the guidebook was being shit out of some press somewhere. <laughs> what is the big goddamn deal? It's the natural progression of areas that are worth a shit. Discovery, development, ethics, access, ownership, battles, popularity ensues. And I would add to that, that with a lot of these cliffs, then there's a peak and then it's just on the map and there's people coming or going. And, you know, Mill Creek is a world-class area. And so it, I think, is a more interesting example than this peaks place. Because, I mean, I don't know, even by some of these people's comments in this thing, like, it's a pretty small area, and it's worthy because it's kind of high country, and I think it probably has a better season than a lot of the climbing down there. But it really isn't, I don't think, a huge destination place. While Mill Creek, I think, warrants international destination kind of climbing for a lot of people, even though it's, I mean, it's relatively small in the grand scheme of things. So, But so, I, you know, he, he kind of goes through that process, and you brought up the fact that, you know, if you want to keep it secret, but you also want to get recognition for your ascents, you know, if you're taking pictures or you're talking about how hard the roots are or whatever else, it's definitely the contradiction. Yeah, you're playing the ends against each other. Yeah. And, I, and this guy's point, and obviously yours too, is that it's almost like that's inevitable. Yeah, I think that whoever wrote that, that piece you read is a fairly good summary of, yeah, 
kind of what goes on. Now, it doesn't really address the deeper psychological issues of why we feel so compelled. There are the land access issues, which are important. But again, it's like if you have a secret crag that's actually a secret or a secret area, you do anything and I don't care if it's riding your mountain bike or walking your dog. You can't really be having world-class photographers come and shoot photos of you. and just, Of, and of not, very famous athletes in yeah. the case of Milk Creek. Or whatever, yeah. In the case of all... I mean, I've maybe I'm off because I don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff, but it seems to me like that whole era of the whole obsessive secret cragging phenomena has maybe mellowed out a little bit. Well, I thought so too, but then, like yeah. you said, I ran into this whole thing, and, it, and it's almost like it mellowed out because... They'd all been discovered. I mean, frankly, like, you know, no one's going to just suddenly, or it's going to be more and more difficult to discover a new resource that's worth a shit. Right. You know, and so some of these little cliffs in the middle of nowhere, they stay secret because they're, they're not that great or they're great if you live there. But I mean, I wouldn't want to get in a car and drive there, you know, like in where I live in, in Carbondale, you know, we've got all sorts of little cliffs to climb on, but if I was in Chicago and someone talked me into like loading up my car and doing a road trip to climb at one of these cliffs that we climb at all the time, I'd be pretty pissed. You yeah, know? yeah. And so things, I think they don't necessarily say secret. They just are not worthy of any sort of giant acclaim. Or you know? they go from being a quietly or secretly developed area to what I would call the next level, which is the word of mouth, Craig. And, you know, we could argue to some extent that our little friend up the road, Mill Creek, is one of those types of areas. I mean, it's on the map. Everyone knows about it. The Germans have been finding it without any <laughs> issue whatsoever since 1996. So, <laughs> Why do you keep bringing up the Germans in 1996? She mentioned that before we started the show. What happened in 1996 with the Germans? Did they like airdrop in or something like that? <laughs> one would think, but you know, when, when it was supposedly this big secret... And, you know, but there'd been something like a picture published or something. I, or? Yeah, I can't even really remember. But, you know, there'd be all this people with their panties all in a bind because they couldn't get their topo drawn out to Mill Creek with all the ratings on it and the names of the roots and how exactly to, you know, clip the first bolt or whatever. But then you'd like go down there and there'd be like four Germans <laughs> happily climbing away, <laughs> walking up and down the canyon, you know, magically finding this like hidden Shangri-La of rock climbing and just be like, all right, that's cool. The Germans. Oh man. They do get around <laughs> their little scarves and their little square glasses. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I had heard about it off and on and, and uh, I think I didn't start climbing up there until I met you. I kind of missed that whole era because by the time I started climbing up there, it was definitely well known and on the general sense of where it was. And well, and I started climbing there before it was even a secret crag, which is the funny part. It was just nowhere. it was a trad area that oh, was one of the no. first places I went climbing upon arriving. So it was in- your fault that the lid got kicked off. No, no. Then I retired. Um, that was my first retirement from from rock climbing. Really? Yeah, I had my first retirement, and then I got back into the fray once um, the bolts started coming in. Right. And then that's a whole nother issue. That's a whole, that's a separate topic. Because that's a whole nother little test tube that Mill Creek was about weird ground up climbing bolting versus top down. Uh, Yeah, exactly. fights and things, but we don't want to talk about that. No, that's not the topic. But yeah, yeah, we, I mean, you drive up this road and you park your car and you walk along this cliff and you rappel down and you do trad routes the old fashioned way with no 
I mean, no anchors. I know that throws right. a lot of modern climbers off because it must be a first ascent if there's no anchors. Right. But the trees somebody, on the top of the rim, notwithstanding. Right. With a 20 foot piece of webbing or whatever, right? Well, yeah, but yeah. it's just like, what makes you think you, you can't do a, you can't do that. a route without a, without a bolted anchor? Yeah. 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 Totally. No, there was definitely a, a kind of a sport climbing ran into the trad ethic there and kind of blew up a little bit for a couple of years. But you mentioned sort of a psychological thing. There is this like territorialism that goes into it. There's an ownership thing that goes into it. You know, there's a practicality, I think, of wanting to keep it sort of under wraps because you want to do the first ascents, uh, which I see is sort of legitimate. And, and in a lot of ways, it can, well, in the case of Mill Creek, it didn't really work out that way. But, you know, if you and your friends are developing a cliff and, and you want it to have a certain ethic and you want it to, to establish that ethic, then then I can see how you might want to keep it wrapped until you get that established, so to speak. If you want a pure sport area and you put up sport routes and someone comes in and puts up some desperate, you know, climb where they're slinging knobs, you know, then you have sort of a place to stand on to say, Hey, this, this isn't really the ethic of the area. But so I can see that, but that's kind of a, I mean, it's sort of like, this pissing on your well, well i mean it's still all fine and dandy i just think the only inconsistency is you know like someone gets on their old facebook account is like oh i just found the raddest super crag mm-hmm. but i'm not going to tell you about it right that's where i think that's just well i can't use that r word that i like to use right because we're now we're yeah, not allowed to that. use that word in america you anymore can but say, well, you can say it you know you've got that issue of territorialism but then you've got that issue of a psychological well, issue of wanting recognition right. at the same time. They want reinforcement and, rec- mm-hmm. and accolades and whatnot. But. And, and those photos that got published were famous because they they were, I think it said so, a cliff on the Colorado Plateau or they said somewhere in Utah or, or something like that. Yeah, you know? I think there was a lot of that going on yeah. back in those days. Yeah. So Crack climbing, bolted climbing, bouldering. Right. right. It's always somewhere in Utah. So. It's also an issue like connected to some other stuff that I've talked about, about the crowds and about climbing as this solitary experience or climbing where all the people at your, the cliff are, are your friends. And then you extend it into somehow if a bunch of people you don't know show up, that's going to somehow ruin the experience. And there's legitimate concerns about the crowds because, yeah, there's there's too many people there to climb and they're in your way. But... You know, that's always, or you don't want to be in their way, right? Exactly. That's kind of how I feel when I walk into a crowd. Like, I don't want to, you know, be in the way. Yeah, totally. No, I felt that way last time we were at Mill Creek. I wanted to try that buzz cut route, but those people were projecting. It was getting gang banged. Yeah, and I yeah. and they were there first, and I was like, well, I don't think I'll do it because I'm going to be in their way, and if they're ready to do a burn and I'm up there hang dogging around, then you know I'm going to be in the way. So, but they ended up letting me go. You know, there's like these legitimate concerns, but the the other thing about that guy's post that I read that he goes on to talk about the inevitability of it all. Like, why fight it? You know, the crag, if it's good enough to be climbed at and it is really good, they're going to come and they're going to be there. And then you're going to have to do Who's it. they? Like the olds or the dumbs or <laughs> yeah, the, the, dumbs. the <laughs> people you don't want there, I guess. I don't know. Anybody but you. Yeah. yeah. The other big... One that people, I don't know, I won't say hide behind, but use is that there's access issues or there's land issues. Now, and sometimes those are legitimate. However, it's almost like if you're there sort of breaking those rules, eventually you're going to have to confront that as well. Right. You know, so 
it's almost like, well, why not just confront it all and get it over with? Because if you're on private land, that's one thing. If you're on public land and you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, then that's another thing. And it all needs to be dealt with. It all does need to be dealt with. And yeah. I think that delves into, you know, topics of is it better to ask for forgiveness than permission? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, once something, an infrastructure is already established mm-hmm. and a user group has been identified, mm-hmm. then does that give you, you know, a better chance of maintaining access to this area? Right. That kind of whole thing. Right. I mean, it's, there's myriad reasons and theories and psychologies that can be behind all that. And then, you know, the, uh, the question I have, and, and, I can think of one, well, I was trying to think about, okay, so where are there an example where a crag that was formerly like secret and climbed on a bunch, where it got out and then eventually it got closed because it got too hammered? Like there's some stuff in the red, is that right? I think that there is, as I understand it, and I could be incorrect, I think some of that was privately owned, owner-permitted yeah. access areas. Mm-hmm. Because then we got the whole thing of the East as compared to the West when it comes to that whole topic. Yeah, we don't have have so much private property problems out here. Yeah. So one could even argue that we don't really have a legitimate ground to stand on to keep Keep people away other than, you know, I want the plums. Right. And I can relate to that, too. I mean, I want if I'm developing a crag, I want the plums. Yeah. I mean, but that I think that sort of is beside the point because that naturally just happens. Yeah. I mean, you're you're not going to start. no, actually, I do know people that start on the worst lines at the crag. Well, and that's then, true. So. But, but I'm just saying, like, there's a period at which, even if you're telling people about this great cliff that you found before, you know, people are armed and ready to get up there and start doing the roots, especially if they're from out of town or for, from somewhere else. Now, again, here in Moab with the Mill Creek thing, it became, I think, from what I understand, somewhat factionalized in that there were people here ready to go. There was sort of this race to kind of do the lines because there were two different groups of people wanting to do them in two different ways. Uh, no, I mean, it was mostly a totally coordinated effort amongst mm-hmm. a bunch of people. And there were, you know, some little rules of the way yeah. or whatnot. There did become some fraction, some. uh <sighs> Some factions? Yeah, I don't want to call them factions. There okay. were, let's just call them, there were some fissures in the um, Bonami along fissures, the way. Fissures, as in fissures? As in fissures. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, regardless, the other, the other thing that I find, I'm always, and this is a personal thing, is that, you know, obviously, like, you go up to a place like, like Mill Creek, and there's these great, amazing-looking lines, and it seems to me that, you know, you put those up or you bolt those because you want to bolt them and you do them if you can do them. Then it's almost like there's a utilitarian kind of nature to allowing everybody else to come in and start filling in some gaps. And it's like less work for you. And, you know, and it's like less money for you because all of a sudden they can put some bolts in. And as long as the locals keep an eye on the quality of what's being done, it's like it works to everybody's favor to have, you know, Johnny Nobody coming in and putting up that those two five tens to the left of that sweet ass prods that you put up. Am I wrong? No, no, no. I think you're right. I mean, I'm not a big sport climber. I mean, I sport climb a lot, but it's not like my raison d'etre. Is that how you say that? D'etre. D'etre. <laughs> so, you know, I see it as like, well, who cares? You know, it's like put the bolts in or not or climb it or not. Like, 
you know, it's very industrial bolting route. So, you know, I, I understand though, when you put the work in, you want to be the first guy to do it, but yeah. So no, it's, a, it's a lot of work, but there's also people that feel a very, you know, spiritually connected to this area and want to see it. It's kind of like they're raising a child, right? And they want to make sure it gets all the advantages and, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't start wearing short shorts and high heels when it's 11, you know, right. it's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> what would the, it doesn't what start would pole the dancing until what would the root equivalent of short shorts and high heels be <laughs> a rat bolted root with bolts every four feet right, that everyone's right, right. gonna want to gangbang right. and do you want your daughter getting gangbanged i mean <laughs> or so, your son or your son yeah okay so there's a lot that goes into it right i mean yeah. there's just as many different opinions about how to develop an area as there mm-hmm. are climbers right with, you know a lot of climbers have a very industrial approach to their climbing. Mm-hmm. I go, I see, I climb, I leave next. Right. You know, and then there's others that go to a specific area to be in that area because they love the area. It's got a more aesthetic experience to them. Sure. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. And I, yeah, I can see that with Mill Creek. I think there's also, you can go on to start to question this larger ethical issue of so a lot of people in that forum use the word share. You know, and it sounds almost infantile or like we're talking about kindergarten, but there is something to be said of like, well, every area, as this guy said, was once, if not a secret area, it was an unknown area with a handful of locals dealing with it who probably enjoyed the fact that everybody there were friends and nobody was kind of bogarting their scene or whatever else. And then it grew from there. And so... If you're going to be a climber who goes out into the world and climbs at other areas, you know, even places like Seyus has a core group of, of people who are sort of the, the stewards of, of a cliff even as famous as that. And you're into their scene, you know, and so it's it seems really kind of ethically sketchy to think like, well, I'm going to go there. But if Frenchie comes to my town, hush, hush, and he's not going to climb at my cliff. And that just seems like the, the, the major contradiction of the whole thing. If you are a Moab climber in this case and you just climb at Mill Creek and you're so into that place that that's your, you know, the center of your universe, that's one thing. But as soon as you come over to Rifle, like, hey, you're buddy. in someone else's universe. Yeah. It's like, hey, buddy, where, where's your goods? You know, like, come and take from us. Let's, let's, let's see what you got over here. So, well, you know what they say. What do they as say? As the old adage goes. Sharing is only fun when you're not the one who has to share. <laughs> but obviously, obviously, there yeah. are people who do like to share, and yeah. and that's yeah, it's nice well, to think that's how it would be. And I think one of the things that happens, and 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 again, that that post, the reason I read it is because it it definitely nailed it. Is that eventually, yeah, you want to share, and because now your daughter is grown up or your son, and he's and you need grandchildren because yeah. someone's got to take care of you when yeah. you're eighty, and he's off to med school and you're all proud of him and so you know so-and-so from france who's a really good climber shows up and you're like oh yeah let me show you this line that i put up because it's amazing and that happens again and again and again and pretty soon yeah your cliff is on the map whether you liked it or not and that's also normal too i mean if you found this great climb and you put it up and you cleaned it and you climbed it and it's amazing and then you just leave and go home i mean it's just natural human nature to want to sort of share this thing that you created it's also natural human nature to want to sort of possess it and control yeah so um, there's a contradiction there i guess huh? so yeah so i mean now we're getting into human nature yeah yeah so is it climbing 
or is it psychology? It's both. What would Jung say? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what would he say? <laughs> He'd want to talk about it. Yeah. Which is what we're doing. So this is yeah. good. We're processing. Now, the other thing that I, I believe about this whole issue is that your crag's going to get popular or not, whether it's good or not. You know, I think of, you know, a other really famous quote unquote secret cliff in the past that, that had a, a reputation for being like, you can't find it and you got to talk to the right guys is the needles in California. It's just like that place is difficult and it's hard to, it's a ways out of, you know, away from everything and you have to hike to it and all that. And that those are kind of the limiting factors into how popular it, it became. And the attempts to keep it secret had nothing to do with whether or not it became popular. It's the physical attributes of whether the climbing is good and the access and the camping and how many cities is it close to. And I mean, all those things go into whether it's going to be popular. And I think any attempts to keep a good climbing area secret, unless you really are monk-like in your silence, it's impossible. You know, the, the factors that make an area popular or not are out of your hands, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, if you found it, if you've already, if you're thinking about it, somebody else already has that whole mentality. But I also think I've wondered, I've pondered on this topic. Perhaps some people are so obsessed with keeping their crag secret because they suck and they don't want to be told that they suck. So if they keep it secret, then they can bring their like hand chosen few in who are going to be like, yeah, dude, this is like, the best choss I've ever had break off in my hand. And, you know, I totally think this is 13D, no easier. Right. You know, and, and then, like, not that that happens a lot, because usually if people are keeping crags yeah. under wraps, then it's probably because it is a quality place. But, you know, yeah, afraid someone's going to come in and downrate mm -hmm. their prod mm -hmm. or... Yeah, that, know, that could be true. Say this is short, stubby choss. I mean, I've heard people say that about Mill Creek, and I don't well, agree with them, but... It, yeah, that's, you know. They haven't called it Choss, have they? Not probably outright Choss, but yeah. yeah. I mean, There's plenty of people that well, diss on like that it. place. That's well, yeah, fine. Cause it's a, Let yeah, them diss. I mean, yeah, it's it's crimpy and it's... Yeah, Sharp. Yeah, and so, I mean... Run I mean, out. But that's what I mean. And, and in a way, that has that limiting factor. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, one of the things is it's also... It doesn't have very much easy climbing. I mean, you can climb out the sub 510 in a day... And that's a limiting factor of how many people. Maybe in an hour. There. Maybe in an hour. Yeah. So it depends on who you are. But yeah. So, I mean, those things limit it. It's, it's obviously, you know, we, we're dealing, you and I are dealing with access issues up there coming up in terms of parking and things like that. So in terms of that metaphor of it growing up, I mean, it's definitely grown up as a crag and now it's met some issues and maybe those people who originally kept it secret are wagging their finger like i told you so but it had nothing to do with that it was either going to get good or it was going to going to disappear off the map you know yeah. and like with this peaks place no offense i don't know if anybody even bothers listening to this from there but i don't see like other than it can get i think it looks like a cliff that'll be crowded with locals but i don't see it as like some big destination area maybe not invite me down there we'll see i'll come yeah. down and check it Go out check but, it out but the thing about having it crowded by locals is you do have this kind of management hand in it because you're you're able to speak to a community. And, you know, I've seen places that do actually sometimes it's detrimental to have climbers from way outside your realm showing up in terms of the ethic about 
quietness maybe or the ethic about how you access or you know don't go through this guy's yard or don't park in front of this guy's house everybody who lives there knows that you got to park down the street or you got to park down the road or something like that and so your toes can get stepped on but i'd say the remedy for that is when it if it gets published and then everybody knows not to do that or not to to go through that access point in france i actually ran it ran into that where they had changed the access to this cliff unbeknownst to uh it was in the guidebook as the other way and then and then uh I, it didn't happen to me, but the guy I was with said that the week before he tried to go up this trail and this this crazy farmer had come out and just started screaming at him in French. And he speaks French, but not like when it's being charged at him angrily and the guy's like waving a rake. <laughs> so, anyhow, yeah. And, you know, one other thing I'd, I'd like to say, too, is that I think also that it tends to level itself out. And up at Mill Creek or whatever, there's days when it does feel really crowded like I always like to say, if you're there, you're part of the well, crowd. It's okay to acknowledge that yeah. you feel right. like you're in a crowd. Yeah, totally. I mean, if I was at Wembley Stadium watching the Who in the heyday, I would be able to say I was in a crowd. Yeah, totally. So, <laughs> um, but so, sometimes it's like completely unwarranted. I la- I I wrote an article for Climbing Magazine. Uh, I don't know, five years ago. I think it was 2005 about this place called the Ghost River up in Canada, which is West Calgary, north of Ban or east of Banff, kind of northwest or northeast of uh, Canmore. Anyway, it's a big valley. It's known mostly for its ice climbing, but there's really good rock climbing in there. And I I did like a five-year stint of going up there and putting up new routes. And then finally, after all of that, and mostly climbing by myself or with like one or two other people, I, you know, put out this article and it made the cover and, and blah, blah, blah. But the point of that is, is that as soon as that happened, the forums that existed at the time kind of lit up with people you know these canadians like super gripped about the scourge from the south coming up there and and taking over their cliff you know the americans just rolling across the border with drills like ready to tear their cliffs down the truth of the matter was is that the following summer i went back up there and i spent there was a period where i was in the ghost valley for something like 14 days in the prime season without seeing another living person that kind of sounds like my fall at Mill Creek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, like, started to get a little worried that maybe something had happened to all the people in the world and I was going to drive <laughs> out into the zombie apocalypse. Like, <laughs> you're going to be like butters and you're going to realize that you have to repopulate the whole planet. Exactly. Okay, let's get going. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, a couple climbers showed up and I was like, oh, thank God, you know. Because it started to get a little creepy, you know. I'm up there, like, <laughs> bolting on my own, and if I'd have fallen and hurt myself, man, there'd just be a skeleton waiting to be found up there. So, well, what do you think? Well, it is, it's a—it's an interesting topic. I don't know. I have mixed opinions about the whole, the whole thing. I just feel like a secret is fine if you keep it a secret. Yeah. But otherwise, if it's not, it's a taunt. And I'm not into taunting. That's I think a good point. Taunting is just childish and selfish and infantile so yeah no need to taunt right so if you got if you're out there and you're listening to us and simul posting on mountain project as we as you listen if you've got your secret crag just don't taunt don't taunt us until you're ready to share one of my friends as i shared with you the other day chris said you know 
we show you ours, you show us yours, and then they become theirs. And I think that that's a good attitude to have towards root or crag development. Mm -hmm. And yes, all those other factors notwithstanding, you need to have a solid sense of what the access is going to be like and a solid sense of what issues are going to arise. And as our sport continues to grow, not unlike the Black Plague, we're just going to have to deal with the fact there's a lot more climbers than there were in 1972. And there's going to be a lot fewer areas that stay under wraps for long amounts of time. And if your crag is a three-hour hike following a three-hour four-wheel drive, following, you know, some sort of epic map quest extravaganza, then all the more power to you. Have fun carrying that 125-pound pack, and you can send me an email about it when you get back. Totally, yeah. And I think that it's one thing to kind of be territorial at first. Um, and I think the key is is that the natural progression is is that it'll stay under wraps if you want it to stay under wraps long enough for you to get your root in and get it going. But the irony of it is when it does start to come out from underneath the veil, just like this forum proves, the more you fight against it, the more you're advertising for Especially it. Especially in today's... Yeah, absolutely. And so... I think it's, like I said, the normal progression is to, to just keep it quiet for a while. But when it starts to blow up, it, you can either be a dick about it. Or and, be gracious. Yeah. You know, and give people dirty looks or ask them, which has happened to me before, how'd you find out about this place? You know, you're standing at the base of it and that's your first encounter with somebody. That's like, wow, we're going to have a great relationship. Well, maybe they were I. like, how'd you find out about this place? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I should have paid more closely attention yeah. to their tone. Yeah. Right. With, they had other arms open and tone is everything. In a welcoming way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they're waving their rake at you with the tines pointed <laughs> towards your chest. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. And be a good steward when you're visiting yeah. Yeah, someone's, totally. you know, when you are preparing to defile Chris Calusa's teenage daughter. <laughs> <laughs> then show some respect yeah and when you're the visitor and, totally. and be ask about the eth you know i hate to use the word ethics but ask about the you know sort of the uh the behaviors that the area what are those things called manners there right. we go ask about the manners right. that, that the area likes and you know and yeah. and behave accordingly don't be a dick Totally. On either end. Right. So all you right. dicks, don't be dicks. Don't, yeah, but that's like... Be a Charlie or a Joe, but don't be a dick. All right, well, thanks for listening to the Normal Cast. Uh, we're getting her off the ground. And if you ever climb at Mill Creek, send Chris an email telling him how awesome all my roots that I bolted are. Which all like three of them. Give me a name. <laughs> What's your classic? What's your sweet-ass classic? My sweet-ass classic? Yeah. Well, what is the must-do on the Lisa Hathaway... The Black ticket. Mamba, of course. The Black Mamba? Yeah. Have I done that? I don't think you have. Really? No. Well, what's the deal? I've been up there. You're usually there when it's you. too hot to climb on that side of the canyon. Uh, how hard is it? 12 plus. Nice. The Black Mamba. I even added a bolt this year to make it more user friendly because I want to share. Way to go, Lisa. That's that's awesome. But we got to get on the Black Mamba. Well, let's go. Awesome. Let's go right now. Let's okay. sign off. Sign off. All right. Well, well thanks for listening to the Normal Cast. If you uh, are involved in this thing, check out the website, enormalcast.com. Would you like to spell that? No. Enormocast.com. Come on. You can figure it out. And uh, send us an email over there if you want. Um, sign up for the mailing list. 
Uh, tell your friends and also check out um, a Norma cast on Facebook because it's on there now too. And help us figure out what we want to do with this thing. This is like grassroots podcast land. We want to show you our secret podcast. Exactly. We want to. Sh- We're taking it to word of mouth level. Can you show me yours? I'll show you mine. Exactly. Yeah, that's like first grade behind the bleachers sort of shit. Exactly. I told my pap and ma'am I was coming to the mountains to trap and be a mountain man. Acted like they was gut shot. Says, son, make your life go here. Here's where the peoples is. And mountains is for animals and savages. I said, Mother Q, Rocky Mountains is the marrow of the world. By God, I was right. <laughs> <laughs>